Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody, it's me, Tanner. Back to the new episode. Sorry, I was uh, out last week. I had a sick COVID nineteen. So make sure you uh, stay your social distancing and you wash your hands and wear your damn mask. But it seriously, sucks, man. I was had a fever, whole body was hurting, I had a bad cough and everything. I was out of it for a good while there. So I can't record. But I'm feeling a little better now. In this episode, we're in Chihuahua, Mexico. Emily encounters signs of a man-bat hybrid and giant birds like the Mexican state of Chihuahua, one pretty strange place. It also is the birthplace for a legend involving snakes that's said to explain how war is made and won in the great country of Mexico. Join us as we explore the lore and mystery across one of Mexico's truly great states, Chihuahua. Hey guys, this is me Tanner. You know, I'm also a streamer on Twitch, but I forward slash G1 Tanner 
on Twitch. But that's not the fun part. For all the G1s out there, I need you to do, if you like good video games and good people, I need you to go over to twitch.tv forward slash gametech and hit subscribe and tell all your friends about it. We're going to march to the top, try and get the number one subscribe channel on Twitch. So this is what we got to do. Go to twitch.tv forward slash gametech and tell your friends about it. March to the top. Hashtag march to the top. Here we go. We're going to the moon, baby. Let's go. Encounter at Mukoi. Located at 45 miles southeast of the city of Chawa, Mukoi, at the population of a little over 20,000, and it's a particularly typical Mexican town. Nothing out of the ordinary happened in this largely agricultural town up till October of 1987. It was then that the received international attention. On October 27, 1987, four children were playing in the courtyard of a house located on Francisco Madero Street in a neighborhood called Nuevo. The children were named Sergio Robles, age 12, Javier Venezuela, age 11, and two seven-year-old twin brothers, Mario and Willie Payon. According to their testimonies, a reddish-blue light appeared from nowhere. Five small beings appeared. The light induced a state of numbness in all the boys. In one account of the incident, the boys tried to run and one of them fainted. The beings told them not to be afraid and the boys stopped running. This was the first encounter the children of the town would have with what they thought were monkeys, causing the creatures to be referred to as the little monkeys of McCoy. Twin, twins Mario and Willie told their parents what had happened, but their parents didn't believe them. Dismissing the st story as children having an active imagination or just something the boys were making up. It was not until other interactions with these beings over the course of a week involving other children that the parents, along with many others in town, started to think about this whole thing more seriously. Although the beings were initially called little monkeys, they were more closely fitting to the description of the classic grades of classic UFO lore. They were the same height as the children, but with spindly arms and legs and skinny torsos. Their heads were large with large reddish eyes, small noses, and slits for mouths. They liked, er, they liked ears, and the boys wondered how they could hear them because they obviously understood them when they talked. Some of these small humanoids had patches of closely cropped blonde hair on their heads, but they were otherwise hairless and smooth and pale gray in color. In the ensuing weeks, the boys would draw pictures of these little visitors. Looking at the drawings, they fit the class profile of the classic gray, but with small variations. Creatures also spoke Spanish, but according to the children, their mouths barely moved. And perhaps a way to try to get closer to the boys and to gain their trust, these five beings had names all in Spanish. Hugo, Pancho, Gaspar, Agar, and Crispin. The boys also noted that the beings had a hard time moving and walked as if their legs didn't bend properly. The creature Creatures also had only three fingers and toes, and the boys also noted secular marks on their chest. The drawings of the creatures that children made eventually hit the local and national news 
and eventually the international press. According to the account related by the boys, the beings were here to study our world. In one interview, one of the boys also said that one of these creatures had told him, we like the weather here. Such encounters, the beings seem to come out of small, shallow holes in the earth. One of the children to believe that the creatures were came from underground instead of from the stars. The holes opened up. The boys heard murmuring sounds of other beings, as if their new friends were existing or exiting a crowded room. During their almost daily encounters with these seemingly otherworldly little humanoids, the children did not experience the typical missing time associated with alien abduction phenomenon. The researchers generally believe that the boys were not abducted. The large orb of light heralded the first visit of these creatures to appear off and on over the next few weeks. Other people in the town of McCoy saw these children and claimed they hovered over the ground and then zoomed overhead and out of sight. The signs of these beings, however, were restricted to children and limited to only a handful of encounters over the course of a few weeks. By the end of November of 1987, the little monkeys apparently had left for good, but boys said they they promised they would turn one day to continue their research and earthly observations, whatever that may entail. The story did not end by the end of the, the last alleged visit with these strange beings at the end of November 1987. Rumors persisted that NASA had been interested in these encounters and sent people to McCoy to investigate the situation for months. After the science ended up, but no one had been able to verify that claim. Although stories of strange white vans and signs of suspicious looking gringos spread throughout town. Later, researchers who reached out to NASA for information about what happened in McCoy or possible research done there had been stymied. As NASA remains close-lipped about the whole affair, neither confirming or denying the town's suspicions. The children who experienced the counter are now all adults, except for one. On April 6, 2007, Javier Valenzuela, age 30, was found dead in his home in the neighboring city of Deliciosas. Uh, Deliciosas? I don't know. <clears throat> Sorry. His body was covered in what appeared to be surgical cuts, but none of his organs were removed. An autopsy of Javier could not determine the cause of death, although a strange, unidentifiable substance was discovered in his blood. Some wonder if the aliens beings kept their promise and returned a few decades later. The death of the other children, childhood friend, caused all the others involved to go forever silent. On the 30th anniversary of the events of 1987, a Mexican paranormal investigator, Francisco Tate, visited McCoy to make a small documentary about what happened. He tried to get the four men to talk about their experience with the monkey beings, but all refused to talk. Then, or since, Many of key do not want to associate themselves or their town with these strange events. Some towns still believe that the boys made everything up and that over time stories have morphed into an urban legend. Some people want McKee to return to being a small, peaceful town it was before these alleged encounters. Whether the townsfolk like it or not, it looks like people throughout Mexico and beyond will continue to show interest in McKee for years to come. Very interesting. Uh, 400 Kyle Snake A Legend of War 
Hey guys, this is Heather and Kristen, the hosts of Sinister Sweethearts podcast. And we want to share with you a little bit about our show. If you're looking for fun banter between old college sweetmates about all things paranormal, sinister, weird, and generally creepy, check out our podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player. When the Spanish defeated the Aztecs, they didn't do it alone. They had help. Famed explorer Hernan Cortez and Spanish inquisitors, allied with the indigenous fighters from the Aztec Empire and neighboring enemies who were also at war with the Aztec. All the Mesoamericans feared the armies of the Aztec Empire, the patron god of the Aztecs and the protector of the capital of Tenochtitlan. Tenochtitlan was Huitzilopochtli, uh, the ancient Mexican war deity. The conquering Spanish noted just how much of the Aztecs' daily life revolved around war and just how much their military might was feared by others. Where did the warlike nature come from? The Aztec priests had an answer for everything, even the origins of war. According to Aztec beliefs, prehistoric man lived peacefully on Earth. Nature had a delicate balance and the sun ruled over everything. The 400 cloud serpents were responsible for feeding the sun. These flying serpents would swoop down on a jaguar, for example, and bring it to the Sky Lord. These gigantic flying snakes never interacted with humans who lived peacefully on Earth. One day, the 400 cloud serpent decided to disregard their feeding duties and stopped hunting, collapsed into a state of de degeneracy, making elaborate, weird other costumes for themselves and spent their time getting drunk. In one version of the story, the flying snakes even took human women as their concubines. The sun needed help to restore order in the skies, so he asked the humans on Earth for help. The sun chose four brothers and their sister, the last humans to be created by good gods, to help fight the flying serpents. Oral history says their names were Eagle Twins, Cloud Serpent, Hawk Mountain, River Lord and their sister, Wolf Woman. The sun gave the siblings poison darts and shields because humans were unfamiliar with fighting and war, the sun instructed them in their use. My children, pay attention, the sun said. You must now destroy the 400 cloud serpents who offered me nothing. So the five siblings hid in different areas waiting for the sky snakes to swoop down on earth and a great battle was waged and the 400 cloud serpents were defeated. The sun put the serpents in the sky for all eternity, where they can be seen today as the northern stars. The humans enjoyed making war and set up cloud serpents. From that time forward, they would serve the sun and feed them with sacrifices, attaining more. This legend explains the Aztecs' many victories in war and subsuing its neighboring villages and cultures, and they continued unabated until the Spanish arrived when the Aztec Empire still on the rise given its proven method of warfare to stretch itself from north central Mexico to the Pacific coast of the modern day Guatemala. Given its ever growing war machine and the legend behind it, one only wonders how large the Antec Empire would have grown had the Spanish not arrived. Oh my god. But all of that was like Aztec were like badass people who like the Spanish only one because they had like diseases 
next. The Man Bat of Northern Mexico. If you like weird and strange history as much as I do, then I have the podcast for you. I'm Jason Horton, host of Strange Year. Each episode, I break down the strange history and cultural happenings during that year, like 1977, the Wow Signal, 1963, Three Tramps Theory, 1844, the Millerite Movement, 1997, the Phoenix Lights, 1896, the Shortest War, 2004, Benjamin Kyle, 1518, the Dancing Plague, 1985, the Move Bombing, 1972, Remote Viewing. So to get your weekly weird history fix, pause the podcast you're listening to right now and subscribe to Strange Year wherever you listen to podcasts. On a chilly night, just a few hours after midnight on Friday, January 16, 2004, a young police officer named Fernando Samanigo Gallegos was on a patrol in his neighborhood of Valles de la Cida. Officer Samaniego was driving his patrol car down Alama Street when he saw something big and black fall from a tall tree. The big black figure did not touch the ground but seemed to hover over it. Samaniego turned on the patrol car's high beams. He saw him saw before him a humanoid with big black eyes, brown skin, and what appeared to be black fur. According to the officer's report, a giant car's light upon it, the creature covered its eyes, became angry, and lunged at the car. I grabbed, <coughs> grabbed the patrol car by the hood and rocked it back and forth violently. In a panic, San Diego spun the car in circles to try to shake it off. He then grabbed his car radio and yelled for reinforcements to come to his aid. The creature <coughs> started to... <coughs> Sorry. Uh... Creature started to smash the windshield of the car, at which point the young officer shifted the car into reverse, got the engine, lost control of the vehicle, crashed it, and was not unconscious. When he came to, revived by paramedics, Creature was long gone. Simonego was taken to the university hospital. In addition to being tested for his physical wounds, he was subjected to psychological and toxicological tests to determine whether he was under the influence he had as a counter. All the tests came up negative. The police chief was left with a mango car and the strange testimony of a very trusted officer. The story spread quickly and it caught the attention of a local news station throughout the state. In an on-camera interview the day after his release from the hospital, the officer recounted his experience and gave a detailed description of the creature. Reporters and citizens alike wondered exactly what Samnigo had seen. Was, a giant, was it a gigantic bird of prey? A huge bat? Was it some unknown or classified animal? Was it a ghost or some otherworldly being? One interviewer even wondered if it could have been a crazy person dressed up in a costume, although that wouldn't account for the creature seeming to hover over the ground or the severe damage done to the police car. At the conclusion of one of the news stories, the officer asked public to come forward if they had any information about the incident or if anyone had any knowledge of a big black flying creature seen at other times in the region. The response to this plea was quick. A resident of Monterey and a member of the UFO club of Nuevo Leon came forward with a video showing a strange black humanoid looking being flying over hills outside the city. 
three policemen from the municipal fleet of Santa Catarina claimed to have seen the creature several times flying over a site of a natural wilderness reserve just north of town, which is known for its jagged peaks. Another policeman named Horrendo Garata Cavazza claimed to see a creature that resembled the description in a town cemetery, standing as a meteor and a half tall or almost five feet with dark feathers or furs and black claws. He thought it was a gigantic bird or bat, but it had the face of a human. In this sighting, Officer Gaza said that soon after the creature appeared, it was joined by another one of the same size and type. Garza ran to a guardhouse and locked himself in there until the creatures left. The theory that these are gigantic birds is supported by the eyewitness testimony of Francisco Pena, who lives near the cemetery where the being was sighted. Claims that these creatures make noises, they sound like laughing turkeys. Of all the eyewitness accounts being reported as a result of the most recent newscast, perhaps the most interesting came from a man named Manuel Sifuentes, who is also a policeman from the Mississippi of Guadalupe and a colleague of Seminago. He describes a sighting that occurred almost two weeks before Seminago's. According to Officer Sifuentes, he was leaving the police station on foot when suddenly a black creature with a large stick swooped toward him from the sky. He closes the eyes from reflex and coming to his support, I felt much cold as if I had gotten into a free freezer full of ice. The creature didn't cause him any harm, but he felt that the creature energy had pierced his body. It all happened suddenly, but Sifuentes claimed that he was attacked by a classic witch and believed that the creature had it was more like a broom that used to fly. He had a distinct impression that the being was female. No other science in early 2004 had described the creature in quite the same way. In rural parts of the state of Chihuahua, a similar creature had been sighted. As the largest state in Mexico, Chihuahua, along with its ebonous desert, also has a huge forest, deep canyons, rugged mountains, and sweeping prairies. prairies. Uh, many parts of the state are so wild and somewhat inaccessible. Would have been perfect habitat for yet, for as yet unknown creatures. The part of the tall, dark flying humanoid creature occurred again in the year 2009 in a few small towns throughout Chihuahua. On March 6, 2009, in the town of La Junta, a young man was turning home along a very infrequent traveled road. He came across Crossed something hunched over in the middle of the road. When the man's jeep got closer to the hunched over figure, it stood up and what he saw was a similar to signs just a few years before. It was a black creature covered in fur, a face similar to humans, and had wings. According to eyewitness, the creature had two sets of wings and red eyes. But it started to leap towards the jeep. The young man sped up his vehicle and for 15 minutes, the creature flew next to him, looking into the passenger window. Oh... A story had made an area newspaper, El Herado de Chihuahua, or the, the Herald, Chihuahua Herald, or something. And similar to what happened previously, when the story hit the mainstream media, other people came forward with stories of similar sightings. Two women, Angela Menez and Vivian Lundemez, both from a town of La Junta called Minaca. Claimed to have seen and heard the creature in an apple grove near the town cemetery. This is 
Only the second time there was reported that the creature made noise. In most of the science, it is silent. In 2009, authorities became involved trying to calm the panic of people in rural Chihuahua and discover answers once and for all. The police department of the town of Guerrero joined forces with the Civil Defense Department of Chihuahua tried to track down the creature. The joint death task force included that the, this is man bat were real that probably lived in the mountains outside of Minica, but it could never track down the creature or find any physical evidence of its existence. Not a single track or a single tuft of fur was ever found. After this formal investigation, the science seemed to fall off. Researchers into cryptids and the paranormal have compared the northern Mexican man bat to the American Mothman sightings, which occurred starting in the mid-1960s in rural West Virginia. The Mothman was described as an upright, standing, flying humanoid with a large wingspan and red eyes, sometimes seen as being covered in either black or brown fur. Like the man bat of northern Mexico, eyewitness accounts of the Mothman caused widespread panic and possible copycat sightings. Both were also subjects of serious investigation by authorities that came up empty. Could these creatures be related? Until one of them is actually captured or its remains recovered, the man bat of northern Mexico remain an unsolved mystery. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cozy Cryptid. I hope you enjoy the show and share it with your friends. And let me know what you think in, on Instagram and Twitter. And follow me on TikTok. Also, remember, you can save 25% off your order by using the code COZY at checkout. Thank you. The Locatha. The last one. Or Chawa. Lastly, we'll investigate the gigantic bird sightings that have been occurring all over northern Mexico and the Rio Grande Valley of Texas for centuries. The massive birds have been called La Locatha, or it's almost just an owl. Is this creature real, or is it a myth, or urban legend, or is it maybe something else? There are many descriptions of the Locatha. The massive bird can range in size from a small human to up to 7 feet tall and have a massive wingspan of 15 feet. It is sometimes described as black in color and is sometimes as white. In most cases, it has been said to resemble an owl. Some accounts say that the Loquesa's face is that of an old woman with dark almond-shaped eyes. In all reports, the Loquesa flies and is seen only at night. And has been reported only in the Mexican states of Chihuahua, Coahuila, Durango, Nueva Leon, and Tampinabas, and on the American side of the Rio Grande in Texas. One of the main themes running through these stories regarding Locaza is that the creature was once a woman who was wronged and was seeking revenge. Some day that Locaza is a woman by day and turns into a huge owl at night. Some say Locaza snatches kids before her own child because her own child was killed by angry villagers for a crime he did not commit. Not only is Locaza said to take humans as prey, it is drawn by the negative emotions of humans, acting as a psychic vampire, drawing power from the emotions surrounding human conflict and distress. 
Lucchese has been known to appear outside of houses during domestic quarrels, waiting for one of the people involved to come out of the house so he can snatch them up and carry them for Lucchese's lair. Lucchese has a special fondness for children, especially for those who wander away from home after dark. The creature also make crying sounds like a baby to lure you out of your house. It's also been known to make a whistling sound, like a human whistling. If you answer back with a whistle of your own, Lucchese will swoop down and carry you away. If you wake up in the morning and see large scratches on your doors or windowsills, it means Lucchese was there and is coming for you, so you must prepare yourself accordingly. Experts in the paranormal say that there are several things you can do to ward off an attack by the Lucchese. Hanging a rope with several knots in it outside your door or on your porch shows the creature that you acknowledge Respected and it will leave you alone. You see the creature flying at you, and tech can be repelled with a combination of salt and chili powder thrown into Lucas's face. Some stories of Lucas's encounters happened well into the 21st century and continue to this day. In one recent story, near town of El Tigre, Chihuahua, a man was driving on a dirt road outside of town when the creature began swooping down on his truck. At one point, it hit the truck's window shield and bounced onto the road in front of the vehicle. The driver gunned the engine, ran over to Lucchese, backed up over it, and ran over it again to be satisfied that he killed the creature. Unfortunately, from the rear view mirror of the truck, the man saw the Lucchese rise again and instantly had a heart attack and died at the wheel. This was reported by the passenger in the truck with him at the time. In the United States, town of Santa Rosa, Texas, near the Mexican border, there was a mass sighting of Lucchese in 1977. The creature was spotted on a tree and then flew to the front door of a woman, scratching doors as if it wanted to get in. But then the neighborhood dogs arrived at the house, barking, and Lucchese flew away. The dogs ran after the bird, but gave up when Lucchese flew too high and dogs lost sight of it. Next morning, all the neighborhood dogs had chased Lucchese were dead. Several people saw the strange bird creature, all were mystified by nighttime death of dogs. So, is this a massive bird, a female, a collective unconscious? Is it a yet, is it uh, an as yet unclassified cryptid? Is it part of something not of this earth? There has been very little serious medication to the Quetzal, while it's an interesting phenomenon, it is waiting for serious scientific ex examination. That is the Chihuahua. Thank you for uh, listening to this episode. Check out everything. Check out the website at CozyCrypto.com. Find me on Instagram and Twitter, CozyCrypto Podcast. Check me on TikTok at CozyCrypto Podcast. A shout out to my writer and for my uh, marketing person, Matt Hurry 77 on Instagram. Check them both out. And yeah, uh, have a good week and everything. If you have any questions, uh, you can either email me or send me a, a voice, mail, voice message. There's a free link down below in the description. Or you can send a quarter voice thing. And yeah, but have a good weekend.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.